Thursday Night Football with John Giles. Johnny Giles is a national treasure. When he speaks, I mean, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. When he's on the show, I was in the car the other day, I parked the car and I sprinted into the house and turned on the radio. I love listening to him. I love Johnny Giles. John Giles, every Thursday at 7.30pm on OTB Sports Radio, live 24-7 on the Go Loud app. The OTB Podcast Network. Now, really happy to say that we have Kelly Harrington with us. She is an FBD ambassador. She's a 2018 world champion. She was meant to be Tokyo bound this summer. That has been postponed, obviously. Kelly, it's great to have you on. How are you digesting the news of the delay to the Olympics? How were you? How are you feeling about it now? Um, like at the time, like I was more upset about the uh, about not getting through a quali- qualification tournament uh, rather than the Olympics being cancelled, uh, postponed, should I say? Mm. Um, had they have been cancelled, that have been. Uh, very upset, not just for, for me, but for everybody because the Olympic Games really, uh, but they're postponed. So, I, like, I mean, what's an extra year? It's it's not really. It's more time to grow uh, as a person, as a as an athlete, and mentally stronger as well. But it was just the not getting the, the qualification out of the way, really. That that was really the hard part. So for me now, I like I'm not even looking at the Olympics. I'm just looking at European qualifiers. That's it. Like, you know, and are they penciled in anytime soon? I like they were talking. Like I was, we had a team meeting there a few weeks ago, and we were told possibly uh, between January and March um, that they could happen. But we haven't got any like definite dates or venues or anything as of yet. But what we do know is that the the draw still stands as is. Like so, I'll still win. I'll still face Poland and stuff, and the rest of the people who are still in the competition they'd be still facing the opponents that they were meant to face in, in London. To what extent did training shut down or did you keep ploughing ahead? Like, I'm still training. Like, most of us are all still training. We're training at home. You obviously can't get the same intensity as you would if you were with a team because in a team environment, everyone's pushing each other and everybody's competing against each other. When you're at home, you're just competing against yourself. So that I'm missing that competitiveness uh, and the competitive edge at home but um, I'm, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying uh, me break away as well uh, from from the institute from from uh, being full on I suppose because you're, you're you're constantly when you're out there you're constantly on like you're there's no off button you're constantly in like winning mode beef mode whatever you want to call it there's no off button and I'm very highly on the go you know like so now I'm a little bit more mellow and relaxed and I'm in work and I'm enjoying I'm enjoying what I'm doing I'm using this time to my advantage because I don't want to look back in and like come August and say oh what did you do I sat on my bone for the whole lot of it like you know I've done nothing there I'm just waiting on time to go by uh, I've tipped away a little bit but I'm working on things so hopefully uh, when I get this far we'll see whether those things I've been working on is, is actually going to be of any use that's very interesting that you've managed to switch, it seems, relatively se- seamlessly into that more mellow headspace and maybe even enjoyed it a little bit. Yeah, like people are like, everybody thinks, oh, it's terrible, like, you know, the Olympics is postponed and so and so, but people think I've already qualified, that I was qualified, like people didn't even know that I had to 
like go to a qualifiers, you know. So they just thought I was automatically going. So then you have to tell them, no, I had to go to the qualifiers. Like, I don't just go to the Olympics. You have to go to <laughs> and there's a whole process that goes on. So people are actually now learning a bit more about the process as well, like for, for, for people outside of sport. So it's good for them as well. But uh, I'm, just taking, I'm just taking it as it is. Like, there is no point in, in, in getting worked up over it. You just have to control what you can control. At the end of the day, everybody is going through the exact same thing. Mm. We're all going through the same emotions, the same feelings, but it's just trying, just trying to block them out and trying to stay as positive as I can because I think once you let negativity creep in, it's hard to, to get it away. Like, you know, um, of course, like every other human being on this planet, I do have me, me, me good days and me bad days, but like I've had more good days than I've had bad, so. I often, uh, I often think of you when I'm driving around Krell Park because. Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my wife, we often go uh, drive by it on the way to her folks, and there's the. Uh, we always seem to stop the same traffic lights. I don't know what it is. These traffic lights always get us, and there are these great posters of you and Michael Darren McCauley, and they just say, "I'm from here." And it always strikes me as such a brilliant campaign, like so much better than having Lionel Messi holding up a football boot or something, you know, such a clever campaign and so simple as well. And geez, it says a lot, just those simple words. They say a lot, I would suspect to kids in that community. Well, this is it. Like, it's not even like the kids. It says a lot for the kids, but it also says a lot for people my age who, who have kids who know me who knew me as as their kids age if that makes sense like mm-hmm. and knew of me back then and know what I have done to get to where I am and my whole life basically like the inner city it's a quite it's, it's a tight knit in there so everybody knows like you know everybody knows everything about everyone so for people my age and a little bit older and in around my like whatever like they tell their kids this is what happened. this is how Kelly started. This is what she was doing, and this is how she progressed. And look her on now, like you know. And those kids are like, oh my god, you know, like if that's what she done, like I can do that, you know, like. And then some of them are like, Kelly, you know my ma, you went to school, my ma. <laughs> it's brilliant, you know. Like I, I love it. Like I embrace them. Like it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, no, it's great. And how has that? How has that? community changed even in the last say 15 20 years is it very similar to the one you remember as a 15 year old no it's completely changed completely changed uh it's i I'll, I'll it's more multicultural um a lot more open now than it was ever before uh we've a lot more going on in our community than we had when i was growing up um like when I was growing up, boxing probably was the only sport I would have known around the community. And there's boxing clubs on literally every corner. Now there's all different types of sports and there's all different types of not just sports, but activities going on. And for older people as well, like the Dublin City Council, uh, the North East Inner City Initiative, are, they're like, they're banging out classes for, for all types of people, all, all different ages. And it's fantastic. I would ne- You would never have seen that. Uh, when I was growing or all, like that's how I got into boxing because there was nothing else you mm. know and it was cheap and it was cheerful so it's great like and there's a lot lot being done in the community and 
um, a lot, a lot of stuff for social aspects as well. Now, with all this lockdown stuff going on and all, a lot of that is is on hold, of course. But uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing that happen again in the community because it it, it brings a good buzz around the place. How has the multicultural aspect that has been a big change all across Ireland in the last 15, 20 years, not least, as you say, in your area. How has that gone? Because there's, you know, that has potential to cause resentment or cause issues. And I mean, you look, America is a whole different ballgame, I suppose. But what's that experience been like for the community? Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I, I love it. Like, you know, it's it's been great. It's been a... Uh, it's been great for our community. It's been great right. for our country. Never mind our, our community, but great for our, our country. Mm. Kids sorry, are, sorry. Kids, sorry. Are kids are learning a lot more about uh, about different cultures, also. You know, so so it's it's great learning for the kids as well. Mm. You you say there like the kids saying, "Oh, my mum and knew you, Kelly, when you were." growing up or when you were a teenager, when you were 14, 15, 16, where would people have guessed in the area that you were headed? Uh, <laughs> where would they? Probably prison. Probably uh, Glass Nevin Cemetery. <laughs> Who Is knows? That, like, that seriously, prison was a possibility? Seriously? Anything could have been a possibility. I was going down the wrong road. I've no, I, I've like, I'm not shy about, about saying where I was going to. I don't like talking about my personal life back then but I'm not I've known, I like saying like I don't mind saying where I was heading because that is where I was heading and um, if it wasn't for sport and for boxing and for the people in boxing and the volunteers who put in endless hours volunteering in boxing clubs across the country unpaid I like that that is where I would be and I see that happening what ha- ha- me I see a lot of kids going into clubs now and they're being took out of the situation that I was in as well. And boxing is, is helping them out massively, mm. massively. Like it's sport is, it's just a completely different outlet for, for, for kids. You know, I had so much energy uh, when I was younger and boxing was where I learned to control that energy and I got great discipline from it. And I'm I'm proud of myself, but it makes me even more. It makes me really, really happy to be able to look at my ma and da and see how proud they are of me and of the person that I have become. And I, uh, it resonates within the community as well. Like like I said, people my age with kids grown up now, they tell their kids, you know, like they they tell their kids about my lifestyle and how I have changed and where I'm at now, like, which is, mm. which is great. And that to me, like that's more than any, any gold medal is trying to save some kid's life, you know, like trying to get them on the right path. That's worth more than any gold medal. Mm. I saw you saying last year at the awards, uh, some awards night or other, where you were saying, even at this stage in my life, I'd rather not talk about the details, but I still feel like I'm making it up to my ma and da. So I was like, geez, she needs to park the guilt. She needs to let this go. She doesn't have to make it up anymore. Uh, but that was, that was an incredible comment. I still feel like I'm making it up to them. Yeah, like, 
I do. Do you know what I mean? Because I was a brat, like, and I was the only one. Like, I have three brothers, and none of them gave them an inch of, uh, of any oh. problems. Do you know what I mean? They were all why, great. Why were you the brat then? Uh, every, the world was against me, of course. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Everyone was out to get me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a conspiracy. <laughs> like, when, you're, when you're a kid and you're growing up and you're, you're developing, your hormones are changing, you're, everything is changing, you know, like, I'm sure everyone was ever can't be like Kim. Okay. <laughs> I eventually learned that they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> what was it about Corinthians Boxing Club when you're 16 and you first give it a try or your first experience with it? Is it love at first sight or is it tentative and uh, I might go back, I might not? What was that initial experience like? For me, it was, yeah, it was love. At, it was literally, it was just different. It was, it was just I was a part of something and something that was good, you know, like, whereas hanging around, I was also a part of a group, like, of, of a, you know, like, but it wasn't good. And I yeah. knew the difference between good and bad, really, you know. So being there, I felt like this is great. And I had friends there who, who were, like, who weren't getting into trouble all the time, like, who didn't have people on their case all the time. And I was like, right, this is actually this is what I want, like, this is what I'm going to do. And I just stuck it out. And, like, from the from coaching, from the coaching aspect of it, the coaches give you so much, like, they, they instill discipline in, in boxers, like, without without even, just with wor- true words, you know, like, it's it's a, it's great, you know. And I, I, I know I'm always saying it, like, I do think uh, every child should give boxing a go, at least once in their life. Like, they don't have to become a boxer. They don't have to ever fight. They don't have to ever do anything. But just for this simple discipline, it really is brilliant for discipline. Hmm. It must be such a difficult thing when you're a teenager and you're not going well at school and you're in a group and you know yourself, we're not up to much good here. At that age, to have the power to change it or to interrupt the pattern or to interrupt the kind of the, the path that you're on. I mean, if Corinthians isn't there, that gets really difficult for you to try and halt or change momentum. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, like I said, there's a boxing club on every corner in the inner city. So I like, there is no like that's never going to happen. That you're never going to have a boxing club around mm-hmm. you. And outside of that, like outside of the inner city, just, uh, there's clubs everywhere. Like there's boxing clubs everywhere. They're popping up everywhere now. I know a few has closed down because of a. Uh, because of the overhead costs and stuff with the with the pandemic and stuff, which is very unfortunate. But um, yeah, like it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I would, like. Yeah. <laughs> How's work been going? Brilliant. It's been going really, really good. Where we've had uh, no no cases as such with patients or anything. So uh, that's that's a blessing in disguise. Uh, some staff obviously caught it because it's, it's very hard not to, you know, when in such a big workspace. But they've they've gone home and they've been off work. They, you know, so it's been really well controlled and managed in 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 the job. Like it's, we are blessed. We really it's are. It's amazing we're, we're, that one not, case. Yeah. But we're not a general hospital. We're we're a psych hospital. So um, I'd say if it was a general hospital, it would be a different situation probably you know so it's just keeping it out now like it's just doing all the right things to keep it out uh, a little bit stressful with with you know people thinking like oh what if we get it in here like if we get it in here it's gonna you know whatever like well you can't think like that you just have to keep doing what you're doing keep your social distance 
looking after your own personal hygiene and and things will be okay. Like, and if you feel ill, then just not not going into work. Yeah, for people who don't know, you're talking about St Vincent's uh, Psych Hospital in Fairview. I think it is. The last I read or saw of you, you were training during the weekdays and cleaning at the weekends. Is that what you've been doing over the last while? That's what I like. So when I'm full time training, that's what I do. I yeah. train during the week, and then on the weekends I work in the hospital. But now because of the if this going on and stuff, when we come back from London, uh, I'd done the two weeks quarantine. And during that two weeks, I rang up the, the hospital and I told them, listen, I'm in quarantine at the moment. When I come out of quarantine, I'm not going to be back training. I'm here if you need me. And uh, hit me up and he says, all right, Grant. But two weeks was up and they had me in. I'm doing seven days on one week, three days on the next week. So okay. seven and three, seven and three. Uh, I'm cleaning and it's in uh, the isolation ward. Now we've no one in the isolation ward. But the word is still being used, like as a, an overflow kind of thing. So it's uh, we're, like it's we're doing we're doing really well, and I'm just trying to keep my spirits up, and I'm also trying to keep my colleague spirits up as well, just by having the crack in there sometimes. You know, like yeah. it's not all doom and gloom, like yeah, it can get very very serious and very heavy very quickly. Yeah, yeah. So I I I could be doing things, and I look silly when I'm in there, but everyone gets a great laugh out of it, and. I don't, I don't mind if they laugh even if it's at my expense. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that a work environment? Because I've no experience of this at all. Is that a work environment where either during COVID or not during COVID, you can interact with the patients, chat to them, have the crack with them, or is it stay away from them or does it vary? Um, well, it, like, it's different parts of the, of the hospital, you know? Like, so I'm on my, my normal... Uh, working hours is on a ward so I'm on a ward and there's only a, like there's, there's a couple of patients on the ward and they're all there like they're all there all the time so I know all them and I have to practice them all the time like when I'm on and um, I was just, like sticking on the karaoke machine and doing chair meditation and like all that kind of different stuff like basically when I go in there I do like I do my work and I, I interact with them and I, I treat the patients the way I would want someone to treat my mother or father if they were in a hospital or a nursing home, you know, like, and I, and I would hope that someone would treat them the way that I, that I treat those patients. Like, so uh, we have great crack, we have a, a great relationship and uh, like, I would hate to see anything happen to them. If anything happened to them, I'd be absolutely like, dev- it's like, it'd be like losing family. That's the truth. Right. What's Kelly Harrington's go-to karaoke number? Um, Jesus, I sing loads of different ones. Uh, I think we're alone now. I like, you know, that, that, <laughs> <laughs> that one. I like that one. Um, Young Heart. Actually, I sing Young Heart all the time. Uh, yeah, so I, I enjoy the karaoke. It's, it's a bit of crack. Do you know what I actually think about karaoke? And I think it's great. Uh, <laughs> you probably think she's a bit bonkers, but I am, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think if you can get up, and you can sing on karaoke without without drinking. Like just get up and sing in front of whoever's there. That's mm. a great confidence booster for you. So I I take that into like I'd be like if I go up here like that's that's another that's another more money in the bag for me for my confidence like going out into the ring. So I get up and I will sing not a bother like and there'd be like people be like oh my god I'll take the mic off her. <laughs> It's it's funny you say that when it seems to be a real tradition now when a footballer joins a new club in the Premier League, the initiation is they have to get up in front of the team 
and sing a song. And I do think there's such vulnerability with it. It brings down all barriers. I'm human, you're human. There's something, there's something in it. That. Yeah, that's like the, the go-to initiation for footballers when they join a new club. Oh, that, you know, I think that's brilliant. And I think uh, you're dead right. Like, it does bring down all the barriers. Like, and you're, you're definitely putting yourself out there and your confidence will grow massively from that, like, massively. So, yeah, that, that's, that's good to know. <laughs> I might try that out in the institute now. Every time someone comes in, they bring in outside spars. We'd be like, right, you're up first before this spar. You're up, what would yeah. I sing? Nobody can take themselves too seriously after they've sung. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what in terms to finish up with your actual boxing? So I was curious to ask you if you know post twenty eighteen when you win the world championships and there's suddenly a bit of a target on your back. I presume opponents are studying your footage a bit more, trying to work you out a bit more, or maybe not. Have you noticed that in the last eighteen months at all? Um. See, I've been out for a good bit as well, like because I broke my tongue twice in. 2019 so I've literally had two fights in the European games and mm. it's a small sample size to try and you know yeah. and then four fights in the in Bulgaria I, I don't even I'm so confused I don't even know what year I'm in anymore I'm like what <laughs> <laughs> I think it was January I had four fights yeah was it I th- what are we March no May June June, June. oh my god yeah so I had it's four June fights June 2025 Kelly Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I haven't really been able to, to see that. But as well as that, I think a lot of people thought I might have just been not boxing anymore. Like, you know, because I was gone for nearly a year. So people mm. probably just go, oh, she's gone. So forget about her. Like, you know, we don't need to study her because she's not coming back. And then I just came back. Yeah. And I had, uh, in that uh, competition in Bulgaria, I had a. Uh, was it four or five fights? I don't know. I think four. But um, they were good, tough fights, like four tough fights. And I did see my style change a little bit. Like, uh, so be interesting seeing now what, I, what it's like in the next fight. Does the drop from 64 kgs down to 60 make any great difference? Um, no, I've come down from 69. So I won my first elite at 69, then I come down to 64. I was always light for 64. But I'm actually heavier now at 60 than I was at 64. Like, right. So I like I don't like making weight. Nobody likes making weight because like 60 is it's it's a natural way for me, I suppose, because 64 isn't really because you're meeting people coming down. But uh, it just means I have to tidy up and I can't really eat chocolate and this and stuff when it's getting closer to to wane in and there I that's I love chocolate and biscuits like that's my little when I come home from training or work it'll be feet up chocolate and biscuits and that's it people think that like oh you're a real clean diet and you have no it's a balanced diet I eat the exact same as everybody else you know like it's balanced yeah so do you have chocolate in the house because if, if, if we buy it it gets eaten I mean if we buy a box of Pringles and it gets opened there's no, day, there's, there's no day two. Yeah, so no. do you have it in the house or how do you approach all that? Because if it's in the house for a lot of people, they're going for it. Yeah, no, uh, how, like as soon as I buy, like if I go to Dunn, so I'm going to Dunn today, I'll probably buy a large uh, fruit, Cadbury's fruit nut large bar and a Malteser, a large Malteser's bar and a packet of biscuits. Once one of those bars gets opened, 
it's gone in the day. Like there's no like there is no stopping, and they're the big bars. Like there's no stopping until it's all gone, and then yeah. I'll sit the next day, and I'll be like, no, no, I won't have that. No, wait until the weekend. No, I'll be good. I'll wait. And then I'd be like, I'll have one bit, and then it's gone again. And then the next day, one biscuit leads to the whole packet. I can't, like, I just, I don't do things in half measures, do you know what I mean? It's, it's all or nothing, like, <laughs> infantainment down, so to say. There's a lot of people nodding along in agreement. Um, where you are now at this stage, so fighting for, I would guess, 15 or, or so years, give or take, when you're working with Zor or in camp you, or... You say that now when you're... I know, I know, I know, yeah. 15 oh years goes, goes by so quickly. Are you working on, on new stuff? Or like when you and Zara get together, is it pretty much, look, I've taught you all I can teach you. You know your stuff. We'll just refine it and make it better. Or are you constantly learning? Where, where are you now in your development as a fighter? Like the day you think that you're, 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 you have everything knuckled down, you may hang up the gloves and walk away. Uh, constantly learning. Always right. learning, you know. And like things I forget, I have to relearn again, like, you know, like refreshing myself with, with, with moving and stuff like muscle memory. Muscle memory kicks in really quickly, but it's, you have to do the, the like practice the techniques for your, in order for your muscle to remember it. Sure. Um, at the moment, I'm doing a lot of strength work and power punching. Um, so that's what, what they want me really working on is a lot of power punching because I'm not like, I'm more of a boxer than, than a, a fighter if you know like i yeah. like to hit and move instead of getting into a brawl like but um of recent i'm able to i'm 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 learning how to stay in there and, and fight if i need to fight so just working on little things now adding to adding to my army add, add more into it like and tidying up bits and working on the fence a bit more and trying to keep my hands up and little small things just adjusting it and sending over video clips of it to uh to my coach now work and as well as sending it on to to own pluck like he be he's one of the high performance coaches as well uh, he's he's over at me and because each box like boxers are all uh, designated with a, a high performance coach now okay and we have to send over video clips of ourselves and they assess them and they're like right your hands coming back too low you're you know you need to tidy up on that like because we don't have someone watching you it's very it's very easy to pick up bad habits you know okay i love it i love a bad habit me like so it's like you know it's it's low hands chocolate i'm getting yeah. the, i'm getting the vibe here and <laughs> if if you were to watch the same bit of videotape that you might send on to the coaches say you watched it first would I'd you have a, say say again i'd suss it straight away would you? Know so you, you know what he's going to say yeah yeah okay. I'll, like I'll, I'll send it to them I'll say I'll send it and go. Yeah, I just watched it back and and I'll tell them exactly what what I see, and they'll tell me. Yeah, this is this is what you what is wrong. But you got to push your body more. Don't lean to that side, and that'll that'll correct that. That will fix that. So like, when you're throwing your right hook, don't lean into your left too much in order to bring the power behind. You know, like little things like that. And, they can just... and would that's very interesting. Would that flash across your mind when you're in the ring? Would you know, oh, I know I've made that mistake and or is it not possible to almost know it when you're in the midst of the fight? I when I'm boxing, I don't even know what I do with own like that's the thing. Like I come out of the ring and they'll say, Do you see that? Do you remember that shot you turned? I'm like, No, having a clue. Like I just like I'd be on a different planet. Like they call me unpredictable because I don't even know what I'm gonna throw, like and and that's the truth. Like I I don't know, I just 
it's kind of survival mode once I get in there. It's just like, right. oh. so, so you're not a go out and stick rigidly to a plan the whole time, fighter? I have a plan. Like, I do have a plan. But I'm also, like, I might ab- abandon the plan and just, you know, like, do my own thing as well sometimes, you know. But um, Why does if, that happen, do you think? Sometimes you could get bored. Yeah. I know, it's like, people think, bored in a fight it, it, it does happen like it, like if it, sometimes if you're if you're fighting and you're having a fight very easy all your way you can switch off like that and the fight can change so quickly you know like yeah. and and that happens like it does happen uh yeah and it has happened to me like and fights change then then you're like oh and then you're 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 now doing your own thing like and then the coach is like i told you to stick to this plan and you're like oh, oh, oh i was but I don't know what happened, but yeah. that is it. We do get bored sometimes. So do you do you almost prefer a fight where it's a really tough opponent and I'm to the pin of my collar here, I've got to give them my best stuff as opposed to breathing through rounds? Um, I won't say like I prefer, like it's nice sometimes it's nice to have an easy fight as well. Like it's sure. I, I like every like I'm not gonna lie, everyone says, Oh well, I love to be challenged and I wanna face the best in the world. Anyone who says that is telling porcupines, right? They're telling porcupines, and that's straight off the bat. I don't care who they are. You don't always want to face the best in the world. Like, yeah. you know, like, you need a few a few easy ones, and if, like, it, it needs to be balanced, you know balanced. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, it's... What, what's your uh, mindset like in the 10 minutes before a fight? Like, it's interesting when the bell goes, anything could happen. In the 10 minutes beforehand, where's your head? Um, just where's my head most of the time is uh, I can hardly find my head never mind 10 minutes before a fight um, I probably like I'll have the, a speaker on I'll have a bit of uh, rebel music on and I'll be pumped and I'll be just like I'll be just building myself up like, but not like wasting energy but just thinking of how proud I am of myself and how I'm there like selected for Ireland to represent my country and how much of a privilege it is for me to be wearing my flag on my chest for my country and the more I think of that I'm getting more emotional <laughs> and sure. like oh, you know like um but that's that's where I would be ten minutes before before a fight I would be just reminiscing on on where I was, where I am, and how proud I am of myself, and how I know everyone else is proud of me, and I'm ready to go out and I'll just do what I have to do, and I'll give it everything. And if I give it everything, I'll be happy, regardless of the of the verdict of the fight of the fight. Mm. As long as I, as long as I leave everything in the ring, I'll be happy. You can live with it. Yeah. Who's the who's and last one? Who's the first phone call to after the fight? Who is the person you want to talk to and and go through it with or let know that you're okay? Me dad. Dad. Me dad. Yeah, yeah. I always ring me dad after every single fight. I ring me dad straight away. Like, and I always ask, him, "Did you see it?" He's always he always watching it. Like, he's always watching it. And if you can't get to watch it, it'd be following the the live uh, updates and stuff, you know. But it'd be always me dad that I ring. Like. And he'll always give me like an honest uh, answer, like, "Geez, that was a tough fight." And I'd be like, "What do you mean? Like, it was easy." He'd be like, oh, "That was tough. She was very good." Like, you know, like, and he gives he 
just straight off the bat, like he he let me know what he thinks. Like, yeah, does he know his boxing? Was he a boxing fan? Ah, no, he wasn't. No, but like, I mean, like, he's one of these. He's one like I suppose you probably know many of these kind of dads who who are coaches. You know, like couch sure. coaches. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, proud. He'd say proud. Yeah, you know, well, proud couch couch coach. <laughs> <laughs> No, he he watches he he does watch a lot of boxing like he he's he watching it now and he follows all the Irish boxers and yeah. like he he knows boxers who I like I I don't really follow boxing to be honest with you like really yeah like he'd know a lot more than I would know like to, about boxers and stuff like yeah would they have gone to would would they have gone to Tokyo your mum and dad if you if it was on um like my dad would have wanted to go but I don't want them to come. Like I don't want I don't want anyone coming over to support me in Tokyo. Like if I go what? if I get to Tokyo. Yeah, right. I just want to, I just want to go over and box and come home. <laughs> if I get to Tokyo, of course, like just wanna get there, uh box and then come home. Like you know, I, I like I like I've often wondered about the parade and all, like, you know, the opening ceremony, like I'm not into all that, like I'm just I just wanna Get there, get the job done, and get home and get back to normal life. Like okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. Even at the European uh, European Games there last year, I didn't go to the uh, opening ceremony or anything because uh, I like I'm not there to enjoy the scenery or to be worrying about some other famous athlete from America or from Jamaica or anything. I'm there for one thing, one thing only, and I don't want to be wasting my energy walking around the villages. And I need to be energy for for training, for getting yeah. me weight on, for um, competing, you know. So, but again, that's different strokes for different folks. Of course, what yeah. Well, that's me. Some of my teammates like doing it. I just don't like that. That's yeah, just yeah. Going yeah, it's it's funny. You, you've you've you you know yourself. You've got your mindset carved out. So on the one hand, you've got this incredible discipline and I don't want any fuss or fanfare. On the other hand, you'll have your fruit and nut. And then, you know, there's like, you've figured out your own way and what works for you, even if there's contradictions in there. Yeah, but that's it. Like, like my fanfare is coming home and having burgers and chips and, and chocolate and all. That's what I, I enjoy. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I love sitting down and stuff in my face. Like, <laughs> there's nothing better than that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's my comfort. So, uh, they always have a big McDonald's at the Olympic Village, I think. So that'll be something that'll to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually went to McDonald's the other day with my mom because I had to keep her out of the house because my dad was doing something else back for, for her to surprise her. So I was like, right, get back in the back of the car there. And she had a face mask on. And I, I sat in the drive through with McDonald's. I was like, oh my God, I must be losing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so your dad was doing something for your mum as a surprise. The the romantic was was doing his bit there. Yeah, 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 Mister Romantic. <laughs> I'll never forget. Right, I know it's real weird, but you know, as as like like listening to your parents and stuff. Like I was in like I know this is very random, but I was in the kitchen one day and uh, Mandy's dad and my dad were in the kitchen, and he was just talking about work. And my dad, like my dad, turned around and he says, "I heard him," and he says, "Yeah, me mot sister." I was like, what did he just say? Me much sister. I was like, oh my God, that is so cringy. I was like, did you just call me my or my? Like, oh my God. Oh dear. He's trying to show off in front of Mandy's dad. That's what's going on there. <laughs> me much sister. I was like, 
How old are you now? Like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right. Well, listen. On that note, and I should stress, this was even though it sounds like it was an ad for Maltesers, fruit and nut, McDonald's, and a few other things. You are here with, <laughs> thanks to FBD Insurance <laughs> and your. Healthy eating as well. Like, yes. No. I know. A ba- balance is key, and FBD Insurance as well. Thanks to them for uh, giving us some of your time. So, Kelly Harrington, listen. Uh, best of luck with obviously the work in, in St. Vincent's over the next while and then hopefully you're back in the ring soon. So cheers. Great to talk to you. Thanks a million, Kelly. Thanks a million. Take care. See you. Bye-bye.